0: you bother my wife or anyone else with this silly matter. Then if I could have a word with your servants, the constable asked, maybe one of them invited her. My servants are hardly in the habit of inviting their friends for social calls. But one of them might know something. They've already been spoken to, you fool!' Grant shouted, his complexion deepening to crimson. The butler made inquiries amongst the staff yesterday after that other constable came round bothering us with this ridiculous tale. None of them know what the blazes you're on about either. You've bothered us twice now, and we've been very patient. But enough is enough. Now get off with you and leave us in peace. With that, he slammed the door in Martin's face. Constable sighed and trudged down the three steps to the paved walkway. As he went out the ebony wrought iron gate that surrounded the property, he glanced back over his shoulder. Blooming toffs, he thought, as he glared at the handsome three-story brick house. Just because they're rich, they think they don't have to answer to the law. Well, they'd find out soon enough that they did. Constable Martin knew in his bones that this wasn't the end of things they do nothing nanette lanier banged her dainty fist against the table top hard enough to rattle the china she's been gone now for a week and still they do nothing the english police she cried useless Mrs. Hepzibah Jeffreys, housekeeper to Inspector Gerald Witherspoon of Scotland Yard, would normally have challenged such a statement, but considering the highly excitable state of her guest, she thought it best to let the comment pass. Miss Larnier, she began, only to be interrupted. Please call me Nanette. Very well, Nanette, she replied. She glanced at the clock, almost three. The others should be back any moment. This would go a good deal easier if the rest of the staff were here. Smythe, the coachman, had taken everyone, even Mrs. Goodge, the cook, out for a drive in the inspector's carriage. I quite sympathize with your position. I don't quite understand. She paused, relieved, as she heard the back door open and muted sound of several voices talking all at once. Good, the others were back. Now she wouldn't have to deal with this on her own. Nanette's expression of indignation turned to alarm. Is that the inspector? she asked. No, no, Mrs. Jeffreys assured her. It's the rest of the staff. They've been out this afternoon. I told you you'd like it, Wiggins the footman exclaimed. Mrs. Goodge, her hat somewhat askew and her spectacles slipping down her nose, bustled into the kitchen with Wiggins right on her heels. Fred, the mongrel dog the household had adopted, trotted in after them. Smythe drove too fast, the cook groused, but her round cheeks were flushed, and despite her grumbling, she was smiling. She stopped dead when she saw Mrs. Jeffreys had a guest. He won't go in that fast, Wiggins said defensively. Not like that time he made it all the way to the... He broke off in mid-sentence. As he spotted the beautiful woman sitting next to the housekeeper, he stumbled to his left to avoid ramming into the cook's broad back. Good afternoon, Mrs. Jeffries said calmly. As you can see, we have a guest. This is Miss Lanier. She gestured at Nanette, who nodded politely. Miss Lanier, she continued, this is Mrs. Goodge, our cook, and Wiggins, our footman. Pleased to meet you, Mrs. Goodge said. Likewise, Nanette said, with a regal incline of her head. Miss Lanier is joining us for tea, Mrs. Jeffreys explained. I'll just put my hat away. Mrs. Good shot the housekeeper a curious look as she bustled off toward the hallway and her room. Wiggins, who was still staring at the woman like a love-struck cow, started for a chair, tripped over his own feet, blushed bright red, and then managed to seat himself without further ado. Where are Betsy and Smythe? the housekeeper asked him. Lynette Larnier's...